Welcome to Today on Broadway for Monday, May 24th, 2021. It has been 221 days since Tony nominations were announced. I said it was 221 days on Friday. I screwed oh, it up uh-oh. because uh-oh. I suck at math. I apologize. Ooh. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Timdenny. <laughs> and I'm arts and culture writer Ashley Steves. Don't you have up. like a countdown I did. thing I, yeah, that tells you that? I did, but what I tried to do was I was in, I forgot to do it. I forgot to look it up when I was writing the script. So I just looked at the uh. last day and I tried to do the math, but I added seven days instead of five days because mm. I was like, oh, it's the end of the week. Yeah, but mm. it was Friday. Not my, It doesn't matter. I'm a moron. Anyway, um, <laughs> people who are not morons appeared in this very podcast feed over the weekend. The great Jenna Tessa Fox interviewed Andrew Benvenuti, the director of Lily's at the Theater Center. That came out on, on Saturday. And then on This Week on Broadway on Sunday, Peter, James, and Michael talked to uh, one of the power couples in New York theater and cabaret, really, for that matter, Lauren mm-hmm. Marcus and Mr. Joe Iconis. Um, one of the stories that they did get Joe to talk about a little bit was that infamous Michael in the Bathroom parody yeah. that happened at the Tony Awards a couple years ago that got a lot of people upset because... Um, wasn't credited. It, yeah, it wasn't, wasn't credited. And um, the show, Be More Chill, um, really was completely snubbed in the show, not only in terms of just nominations, but even recognition at all. Um, so Joe, being the classy gent that he is, was... Um, very open about it, but also, uh, you know, by this point knew how to answer that question, but he did talk sure. about it. And, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, actually he's a, he's a good dude. So he's a very he, good dude. Class act that one. Yeah. So if you want to hear all of these interviews and conversations and eventually, hopefully reviews before anybody else can head over to patreon.com slash Broadway radio or Broadway radio.com slash Patreon to get in and get everything beforehand. Ashley, you and I have been talking about some things, how we might want to change things up a little yeah. bit in terms of Patreon once oh, yeah. we actually get back to actual theater happening. So uh, so we will see about that. <laughs> but in the meantime, we did have a surprising amount of news, uh, especially on Friday and then a little bit over the weekend. And we are going to start with the fact that we got real honest-to-goodness theater award winners announced on Friday, thanks to the Drama League. I know, I can't believe that happened. Um, The 87th edition of the Drama League Awards honored digital theater, audio plays, virtual concerts, and all other sorts of non-IRL productions. Although there was um, a category that could contain socially distanced performances as well. Um, all right, let's start with Outstanding Digital Theater Individual Production. That one went to The Great Work Begins, Scenes from Angels in America. That was presented by AMFAR, the Foundation for AIDS Research. This was the star-studded ensemble production in which um, it, it was all done individually, but it was really mm-hmm. weaved together on green screens really, uh, really well. It was really impressive. Um, so that one won Outstanding Digital Theater Individual Production. Then Outstanding Digital Theater Collection or Festival went to Theater in Quarantine, created by founders uh, Joshua Joshua William Gelb and Katie Rose McLaughlin. Outstanding Interactive or Socially Distanced Theater went to Seven Deadly Sins from Miami New Drama, and it will actually be coming to New York, and I believe Hell's Kitchen, this Ah, summer. 
Then uh, Best Audio Theater Production went to the Chonburi International Hotel and Butterfly Club, written by Shakina Nafak and directed by Laura Savia. It was produced by Williamstown Theater Festival and Audible, if you <laughs> want to hear that one. Next up, Outstanding Digital Concert Production. I, th- I've got a lot of feelings about this one. It was Take Me to the World, mm. a Sondheim 90th birthday celebration, and it was uh, done to benefit ASTEP. Uh, artists striving to end poverty and the concert itself was fantastic mm-hmm. but if you remember when this thing happened back in march or april i don't exactly remember when of 2020 it was an absolute cluster to get this thing started so if we're talking about the production uh, as a whole eh, it was a little iffy for me if we're talking about just the concert it was ah! great but it started and stopped more times um, than uh, than we've thought that we were going to get a Tony's announcement. And uh, saying, that would be a strike <laughs> Impossible. against him. Impossible. Yeah, impossible. It was still very early in the pandemic when people were trying to figure out virtual theater. So I'm, you know, regardless of it being a production that I loved very, very much and am very, very fond of, I'm willing to at least give them that. Yeah, I'll, there were there were things I could say that I'll say them off air. Anyway, sure. awesome. <laughs> uh, the 2021 Special Recognition Drama League Awards um, included the Gratitude Award honoree Iris Smith, the Founders Award for Excellence in Directing honoree Liesl Tommy, Distinguished Achievement in Musical Theater honorees Richard and Demi Wheats, and Unique Contribution to Theater Award uh, went to the Actors Fund, which is fantastic. Very much so. That is unquestionably well-deserved. Yeah, without a doubt. All right, Ashley, before we get into the rest of the news, let's take a moment real quick to talk about our sponsor this week, our good friends over at ExpressVPN. I was talking with my brother on Friday. I ran into him downtown here in Celebration, Florida, and we were talking about when we first got internet and we had to sit at a computer, a desktop in our living room and use dial up. And it took forever to get online. And it was such a tenuous connection that if, if mom picked up the phone in the other room, you would get kicked off. It was horrible, but things were so much simpler back then. Actually, we thought everything was safe. We thought we could just chat in our little chat rooms and everything would be private. That ain't the case now. There are so many people out there that are trying to mine your individual data to sell them to companies for just business purposes, but also so for, for nefarious purposes. And that is something that ExpressVPN can help protect you from. Yeah, no longer the dial-up days. And therefore, as you said, everything is so much more complicated. As you mentioned, there are a lot of data brokers out there whose sole business is to buy and sell your data. And that includes your IP address. So what ExpressVPN does is reroutes your connection through an encrypted server. Your IP address is masked. And every time you turn on ExpressVPN, you're given a random IP address shared with other ExpressVPN customers makes it so much more difficult for third parties to identify you and harvest that data. And the best part, of course, is how easy ExpressVPN is to use no matter what device you're on, phone, laptop, smart TV, all you have to do is tap one button to get protected. So if, like me, you believe that your data is your business, secure yourself with the number one rated VPN on the market, visit expressvpn.com slash broadwayradio and get three Three extra months for free. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Broadway Radio. Go to ExpressVPN dot com slash Broadway Radio to learn more. All right, Ashley, it's been a little 
bit, a week or so since we've had a little Rudin section on the show. But <sighs> since late last week, we've gotten a couple of stories about said serial abuser. The first is from Variety, in which apparently Andrew Coles, who was a producer and one of the people who went on the record in that original blockbuster piece from The mm-hmm. Hollywood Reporter, he, in a digital virtual um, like uh, presentation that he was doing, an interview thing that he was doing, he claims that he believes that he was targeted just as the article was coming out. I think it was actually the day before it was coming out, but as people in the industry knew what was going to be in it, right, um, yeah. in a targeted harassment attack. He explained, quote, on April 6th, someone called the mental health crisis line of the LAPD and they phoned in a false murder-suicide threat and targeted my home and office in West Hollywood. A SWAT team was sent to my home and office. My housemate was taken out of the house at, at shotgun point. There was a helicopter circling overhead. There were barricades in front of my street. Now, Cole did say that he has no idea if Rudin or someone in his orbit made these calls, but he did think that the timing was at least suspicious. Now, Ashley, keep in mind that these things would have happened long before Rudin publicly apologized, in air quotes, and Mm -hmm. stepped back from his projects on stage and screen. And it fits a pattern of how abusers like Rudin and and a different kind of abuser, uh, Harvey Weinstein, have gone after journalists and whistleblowers when they dare to bring uh, their their stories to light. So mm-hmm. do we know that it was Scott Rudin or someone connected to him who swatted Andrew Coles? No, but it certainly wouldn't surprise me if it was, Ashley. Yeah, I mean, I can't obviously speak to the veracity of any of that, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me by any means. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of all of these abusers' MOs, and they're all cut from the same cloth, no matter what their actual crimes were. So, yeah, I guess we'll find out more, maybe. That seems like such a hard thing to r- prove in this instance, but... I I wouldn't be surprised if Coles wasn't the only one this happened to, and it hasn't come out yet. Could be. It certainly could be. The other Rudin-related story is more on the business side of things. We've previously talked about the fact that Broadway advertising agency Spotco had filed suit against Scott Rudin and all of his various productions for back payment all the way back in August of last year. Well, on Friday, the Broadway Journal reported that the Lehman Trilogy has officially been removed from the lawsuit. The amended court filings uh, indicate that Spotco is continuing to litigate the claims against Rudin, his production company, Scott Rudin Productions, and eight LLCs that effectively serve as the companies that oversees eight individual productions. They are suing for $6.6 million in fees and expenses that they say they are owed. Now, why this matters is that the Lehman Trilogy, which is one of the most interestingly thrilling shows that I've seen in my entire life, like I thought it was great, Mm. it has not yet announced plans to whether or not it will return to Broadway. But now that they have this legal situation resolved, it apparently will soon announce a return to the Nederlander Theater, where it had played four previews before the shutdown. Actually, I think last week, was it you and me? (laughs) We couldn't figure out, we couldn't remember, but it had played four shows. Um, So this sounds like a good thing for the show, especially... Since I think, as we said last week, Rudin wasn't involved in the creation of the show or the development. He just got 
connected to it when it came across the pond um, right. from London, where I think it originated at the National Theater. And that was also something that we talked about of like all the shows that hadn't announced yet that mm-hmm. had begun performances. At least half of them had some root and attachment. Yeah. So we're just kind of like waiting for those things to resolve or dissolve and see what happens. But this, I've, I've been really looking forward to seeing this. I know how much you loved it. Yeah, it was really um, good. So I'm really, I know there's like, there's a pro tape of it, but I've been avoiding that because yeah, I wanted MC to see Live it first it. on the stage. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's super interesting and it's so compelling. It's just three dudes for three hours. Um, and you would think, God, that sounds horrific, that sounds but it's miserable, really not. It, but- <laughs> it sounds miserable, but it's not. It's so interesting. And maybe we can talk about it when it does return. But I yeah. do want to point out that um, Rudin's role in the show um, is gone. He will be replaced by another American producer. Um, to ah, fill in his slot, which might be right. why Spotco was willing to negotiate to yeah. let them kind of go. Okay, uh, yeah. All right, actually, we've got a bunch of little like quick stories that I'm going to run through pretty quickly. If there is anything that you would like to particularly discuss, feel free to stop me at Hit any time. All right. <gasps> First up, the Broadway Advocacy Coalition has announced the launch of Reimagining Equitable Productions, created to address the many safety and equity concerns raised raised last summer. BAC will initially work with the companies of company and tina the tina turner musical disney theatrical productions will also be working with bac on a customized pilot process alongside members of the broadway companies of aladdin uh, and the lion king as well as the touring companies of frozen and the lion king the reimagining equitable productions program will develop custom workshops designed to address the ways that racial inequalities pervade the rehearsal rooms and performance spaces of the american theater Next up, Showbiz 411 is reporting that pop and stage star Deborah Cox is in talks to replace Karen Olivo as Satine when Moulin Rouge returns to Broadway in September. This would mark Cox's third turn on Broadway following much-heralded runs in Aida and the, I mean, not exactly heralded revival of Jekyll and Hyde, but she was really (laughs) good. Um, She also led the national tour of The Bodyguard as well. We also learned uh, last week that the Los Angeles sit-down production of Hamilton will return to the Pantages Theater beginning on August 17th. They had originally announced a return in October, but that has since been moved up by eight weeks. The cast that had just been getting ready to start their run is expected to return, if not in full, um, in, but the vast majority of them are expected to return. Now, going from the West Coast to the West End, it was announced last week that mega movie star Saoirse Ronan will be making her UK stage debut opposite James McArdle in Shakespeare's The Tragedy of Macbeth. I don't know why they had to add the tragedy of, like you could just say Macbeth. We know what it is. Um, No, they can't. They're not allowed to say it in the theater. That's why. We're not in a theater. We're in a press release. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Same thing, obviously. Yeah. But they're still saying the tragedy of Macbeth. It's not like you're saying the tragedy of that guy. They're still saying (laughs) the name. That that should be the title. Please change it to the tragedy of that guy. Yeah. Anyway, um, Ronan and McArdle will obviously play the show's central couple. Yael Farber will direct the production, which, which will go up at the Almeida Theater in London this fall. And finally... Um, all theater fans' favorite strip show, Broadway Bears, announced on Friday that yeah. it will return on June 20th with Broadway Bears colon 
twerk from home <laughs> it's clever they're always clever Excellent. with those names uh this will obviously be the second virtual broadway bears uh in a row but that means that it will be able to be viewed and streamed by all beginning at 9 p.m on june 20th and that of course exciting. is eastern time exciting i love the name that's a good one mm-hmm. twerk from home twerk from home you gotta love it uh, all right my recommendation this week comes um as it often does on mondays comes from seth's uh seth Redsky's concert series this one is super special because it did not include um one broadway star it included two broadway stars and for the first time i think in this concert series um when they had two people it wasn't um, or if it was it was father and daughter. It was a uh, parent and child as Chuck and Lily Cute. Cooper um, performed. We've got um, a clip. They sang the title song from the musical that Chuck won his Tony for, for which was Aww. The Life. Um, so there's a great version of them doing the whole um, song from uh, from The Life. It was really great. I love, love uh, Lily Cooper. Love Chuck Cooper. Yeah, and, both uh, amazing. Yeah, so good. So definitely check that one out in the show notes. Talent runs hard in that family. And I think Chuck's son, Lily's brother, is also a uh, a Broadway and theater guy I as well. I think so. I think you're right. He just right. did a show. We've talked about him. I, don't, I just don't remember what show we talked about yeah. him for. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's great. Go Coopers. Anyway, that's all that we have for today. Thank you for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Broadway Radio. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWW Matt. Ashley, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at No, this is Ashley. All right, everybody. Have a wonderful Monday. Have a great week. And we, somebody, will be back to talk to you tomorrow. <laughs>